Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Some quick housekeeping for you. If this is your first time watching or listening to the show, thank you so much for giving me your time. I promise you I won't waste it. I hope that it's an enjoyable experience and you'll come back for more. Please just take a quick second. Follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. I post every clip of every episode on my Instagram channel. Um, you'll be updated you know, to the day when new things drop. Uh, all my personal stuff is on there, so go check me out on Instagram at Felix.Levine. DM me. Tell me what you like, what you want to see in the future. I try to get back and look at every single DM I get, so I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. Follow me on TikTok. I know I finally caved at Felix Levine. I'm trying to post a lot of small clips on my TikTok channel so that, you know, more of that short form content. So if you wanna just look at a couple minutes here and there, you have the ability to do so. Same thing on my YouTube channel. You'll find every full video version of my shows on YouTube as well as shorter clips from those shows. So search me on YouTube, Felix Levine. I have a channel there um, and I'm really trying to invest in, in that this year. So go check it out, subscribe, comment, like all of that good stuff on my YouTube channel. Now let's get into it. And my guest today, she is really a special human being. She carries the Nicholson last name, which to Australians, specifically in the Australian boxing community, they know how important and how meaningful it is. She is one of the best talents in the world today, and I am super excited that she took a couple minutes out of her time to come on my show just four days removed from a massive fight at Madison Square Garden that'll set her up hopefully very soon for uh, championship contention. Please welcome the charismatic Sky Nicholson. And we're live. Oh. Sky, thank you. Uh, seriously, thank you so much for, for coming on. I'm super, super excited that we were able to make it on very short notice. Um, during a busy fight week, I know you're busy. You don't, you're not too hangry, I don't think. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time. No, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. So, well, I told you a few seconds ago, if there's something that the world doesn't know about you, still nothing? <laughs> Nothing's really come okay. to me, but... Yeah, if you give me some prompt questions, will, you never know I'll, where, you where our conversations could go. It's exactly that. We'll, we'll get you there. Um, but we were talking a little off air. Uh, we are, what, Tuesday? Is it Tuesday today? Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, like four days, four or five days out. Yeah. Um, we know you don't get nervous, but <laughs> have you started to think about or imagine um, the fight yet and and what Saturday night's going to look like? Yeah, I, I've, I've been imagining the fight since it was confirmed. So I do a lot of imagery. Um, I see myself winning. I see myself doing certain things in the fight. Uh, I visualize the ring walk, walking out to the ring. Um, so yeah, it's it's nothing new, you know? You, you've already seen it in your mind before. So when it all happens, it's it's like kind of like your normal process. And you, so you already fought at MSG on the last Serrano Taylor card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was insane. Um, amazing and amazing and that was I mean that was one of the best fights I think I've ever seen in my life um but so that was that was the main MSG yeah and now you're at Hulu Theater mm -hmm. um which 
Have you ever been to Hulu Theater? So the weigh-in for Taylor Serrano was in... Was that Hulu? Yeah. Yep. And so I've been to one... Or I've been to a couple of events, actually, boxing events at Hulu. I think it's honestly... a I don't want to say a better energy, but it's, like, it's pretty cool. Like, it's super intimate yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and and there's, like, a lot of... Well, are you familiar with Heather Hardy? Yeah. Yeah, she's... So <laughs> she's trained me a couple times. Okay. Um, trying to tailor in a little bit of my skills. Um, so she, I saw her fight at Hulu Theater. Do you prefer more of an intimate setting or a big, a big arena if it was up to you? It doesn't really affect me either way. I've boxed in like all different size arenas, empty arenas, fully packed arenas. Um, so yeah, it, when I step through the ropes, it, it, it doesn't really affect me or I don't really mind either way. Do you look at, do you look at the crowd? Um, I like to take it all in, in the ring walk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but once I'm in the ring, it's just like tunnel vision. How do you feel like in terms of, so we talked about the nerves and I kind of wanted to dive into to the psychological aspects. I think it's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, whether, whether you're never nervous at all, um, you know, you're still <laughs> a human being, but talk about, uh, and you had spoken about it on Ariel yesterday a little bit, but, um, your sports psychologist and how that really helped. Cause I, I've had a bunch of athletes here. Um, and you know, they, they all say different things about sports psychologists. I'm curious to get your take on how that's really effect, helped you. Mm, so yeah, it was around 18, 19 years old when I started boxing, um, in the seniors and obviously competition became more serious. There was more on the line. I was wanting to make teams, um, whether it be for the world championships, the Commonwealth Games, the Olympic Games. Um, and I really struggled with performance anxiety. So I would have uh, amazing spas in the gym when there was no pressure or expectation. And then I would go into fights and just freeze. Mm. And it was really frustrating me that I was having these amazing performances in the gym and then I would go and fight and sometimes lose um, fights that I should never have lost just because um, of this performance anxiety and um, all this pressure I was putting on myself to perform. Uh, so, yeah, I started seeing a sports psych um, because of that. Uh, I would get very, very nervous um, but it was, I think it was more the pressure and expectation I actually put on the fight mm. itself rather than um, being nervous for the fight. Uh, but, yeah, it was just like little tips and tricks at the start, um, trying to find what worked for me for a while. There was a lot of trial and error as mm. well. Um, some things worked, some things didn't work. Uh, but for me, the biggest thing that I think changed my mindset around it was when I was walking into the ring for a fight, I was like, my self-talk was you do this every day. It's just mm. another day. This is another spa. Whatever happens, happens. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and just trying to take all that pressure off myself that um, this isn't the be all end all. It's going to be okay. Whatever happens. You'll wake up tomorrow morning. Exactly. Yeah. And just trying to like remove that pressure from myself like, as a 18, 19 year old girl. Um, I really needed that. And that's when I started seeing so much uh, improvement and difference uh, in my performances. What does, what do the conversations look like with a, with a sports psych? 
I mean, I've worked with a few different sports psychs and, and they all kind of have their own different uh, ways of, of going about their sessions and things. Um, but a lot of the time it is just kind of like a conversation, a bit like this right now. Um, and they ask prompt questions to try and, I guess, figure out what it is or why it is that you might be feeling a certain way or um, I guess what pressures or where the pressures are coming from. Is it coming from your family? Is it coming from a coach? Is it coming from just yourself and your own expectations and and trying to find, um, I guess, tools that will work for that individual person and, and what they might be going through. For a, for an 18 or 19 year old Sky, what were the, where were the pressures coming from? Mainly myself. Um, I, I think because I was having such good performances in the gym, I just expected that it would be the same when I would go into fights. And I wasn't dealing with the nervous energy um, in a way that was gonna benefit my performances. So it was just, yeah, finding ways for me to, to put that nervous energy into a more positive way. Um, but yeah, it was lots of things. Like another thing that another sports psych taught me about was literally like self-talk, not using negative words. Like you can literally be thinking the exact same thing, but just in a different way. Give me an example. So thinking, I can't lose. I can't lose. I can't lose. Mm. More chance you're going to lose than saying, I need to win. I must win. I must win. So I must win and I can't lose. It's, you think it's the same right. thing. But your brain's listening to lose yeah, instead of win. That. So literally little tools like that were like the biggest change for me and yeah it, it got to a point where like, I barely even think about any of the tools anymore some of them probably just happened naturally but they were like the stepping stone for me to get to a place where I could just feel confident and like positive in in my performance zone it's probably also hard too when you know in the gym how good you are and then you're like what the fuck like yeah it was so frustrating because I would, and it was frustrating for my coach and people around as yeah. well who were seeing these <laughs> right, gym right. performances and then going, what the hell was that? Yeah. Because I would just get in there and freeze. Like what does freeze look like? Like just kind of like. Like barely throwing punches. Oh, like just on, like, yeah, just like going in there and going like straight into like survive mode mm. in a fight that I should be dominating. Right. Um, so yeah, it was quite frustrating for a little while there, but um, it's part of the process. Do you feel like, you know, as you've continued and you've won and you've had success that even those, even the doubts that remain, because at the end of the day, you're a human being, uh, do you feel, do you actively feel how those doubts diminish as the success grows? I mean, of course, success is always going to um, drive more confidence. Uh, but at the same time, the losses and the setbacks and the hardships that have kind of come along the way as well. I think all of those helped grow my resilience, my strength, um, my drive, my motivation. Um, so without those times and without the, the losses along the way, I might not have, I guess, had the drive to keep going and keep trying and, and get to where I did end up going. Is there a loss? Um and I have, a, I have a guess as to which one it might be, but is there a loss that you think about the most? Yeah, and it actually isn't the one that you're probably thinking I, about. <laughs> what do you think I was thinking about, Sky? Um, so obviously my loss at the Tokyo Olympics 
um, which was actually my last amateur fight, uh, was quite a public loss, obviously. Yeah. So everyone saw the heartbreak. Mm. Everyone saw how close I came to um, my lifelong dream mm -hmm. um, for that to be cut short. So obviously that was a very heartbreaking loss, but it's probably not the loss that sits with me the most. Do you, can you pinpoint the one that does? I can. Okay, tell me. This was actually my last. You seem pissed about this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you should do that. I don't like it. losing. I, I could tell. I'm very competitive. Sky, I like I, winning. I got that one. I got yeah. that one. Um, no, so this was actually my last loss in Australia um, on home soil. I haven't lost since. Um, this was in 2015. Huh. Yeah. Still with me. You're a baby. <laughs> I was a baby. I was 19, maybe just turned 20, actually. Okay. Um, and it was the national selection event to go to the Rio Olympic qualifiers. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that might even be worse. Yeah. Because my Olympic dream was stolen from me. And you're thinking, like, at least if I get there, we'll figure it out when I'm there. Yeah. But. So I was up against the favorite in the division, um, which was actually the weight division above where I ended up competing in the Olympics. So my weight division wasn't introduced until the following Olympics. So I went up a weight division right. um, to trial because it was the only option. And yeah, the national team had put a lot of time and money into this um, particular opponent. Uh, and so, and she had already beat me a couple of times. I had boxed her as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old coming up. Uh, but I had been working with the sports psych. Um, I walked around that venue like I owned the place. I was confident, cool, calm, collected. Uh, very, very confident mm -hmm. um, in the changes I'd made in my training. Um, I felt more prepared than I'd ever felt for a tournament. Uh, I just felt like it was my time, you know, like... I'm going to go to the Olympics. Like it had been my dream since the 2012 Olympics took place um, where women's boxing was introduced for the first time at the Olympics. Um, and as a 16 year, old, 16 year old girl watching that, that was, yeah. that was the dream. Um, and yeah, so at that time, women's boxing was four two minute rounds. It eventually changed to three three-minute rounds, but at this time it was still four two-minute rounds. And myself and I would say 99% of the people in the room, maybe even 100%, were sure that I won oh, straight, four, straight robbery. four rounds. If not, you could maybe, if you were really trying to judge against me, give her one round. And when they said split decision. Oh, your heart sinks. You're like, fuck. No, even then I was like, okay, <laughs> one of the judges. Is on crack. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. There's two others. Yeah. No, split decision to her. <laughs> um, so that one was 100%. Robbery. The hardest loss. I still watch that fight all the time. Is it on YouTube? It frustrates me so much. It's on Facebook. It's on like a. It's a oh, really it's like a really random page Wait, posted this fight. With this with this no name person. What's her name? You don't want to say it. 
It's not yeah. worth saying. It's not worth. <laughs> but I kind of want to. Okay. <laughs> I can. I can She's link like you. Voldemort. I'll link you the fight. Okay, please. Yeah. Because I actually, I'm curious. Yeah. Because I want. I want to. I'm gonna go bias aside. Yeah. Even though, obviously, I'll say mm-hmm. in your favor. I'm curious just to see what that looks like because you know we've seen some bad robberies. Yeah. But that's that's things. T- well, that's things too because. Yeah, I wanted to quit boxing after that. Yeah. And I haven't really felt that way in 15 years of boxing except that time well because it's also like disgusting there's been i've had bad decisions everyone gets them but this one hurts so much like it's also because it like steals your dream away yeah and it's not like it's not like oh you got knocked out and my dream was taken it's like yeah like it's actually according to you you won the fight it's actually robbery it's robbery yeah so that one that one sits with me definitely more than any other loss. Is this individual still boxing? No. So she went on to the Rio Olympics. How'd she do? She lost in the first fight. Um, that must have pissed you off too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I always, I have, this is what I mean about when I said the setbacks, mm-hmm. the hard times. Um, I think if I had gone on and got the decision in that fight, went on, qualified for the Olympics, or maybe not qualified, but say I qualified for the Olympics, went to Rio. Because uh, it is still quite a hard process from past that point to actually qualify. Uh, Australia qualifies through Asia. And oh. um, the lightweight girls in Asia are amazing. They're beasts? Yeah, they're beasts. So there was still, there was still a process ahead, but okay. I was robbed of that opportunity right. to go and do that. But I also think I might have made the Olympics as a 20-year-old, gone, lost in the first fight like she did and settled for that. Mm. Um, But the fact that I didn't make it made me so much hungrier for Tokyo, Um, so much so that I went on and won a world championship medal, the Commonwealth Games gold medal, and then qualified for Tokyo in those coming years after that, after what happened, um, which I might not have ever gone and done if I had if I'd gone to Rio and, and settled for being an Olympian at Rio and, and that was it and moving on. So I do think everything happens for a reason and I think maybe I was a bit young and maybe wasn't ready for what could have happened. Maybe I could have. Maybe I could have, it could have been amazing. I could have been a two-times Olympian by now. I don't know. You never know. But... Um, I do feel like everything happens for a reason and that was just part of my journey and something that I had to go through to go on and do what I did and what I'm still doing. Are you happy with where you're at now? Very, very, very happy. So, you know, and I think, and we'll talk about other things as well, but I feel like what I admire about you and, and your life in general is also, I think, the way that you've handled hardships, whether they be personal, whether they be professional, um, and... I think it's a good lesson, you know, that you can sit here today with a smile on your face and confidently say that you're happy with where you're at now. And on Saturday night, you're fighting at Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? So I think for people listening out there, it's like, you know, when you talk about wanting to quit boxing and and dealing with something like that sounds completely unfair. And I'll I'll take a look when you send me the link on Facebook. Um, Damn, poor woman. No name. We're not (laughs) we're really not rocking with her name. But um, but I think that uh, (laughs) Paul's laughing. Have you seen this fight? She got robbed. You haven't, even, you haven't even showed Paul? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Robbed. Well, that was kind of the trigger. 
<laughs> no name. No, no name. No, no name. No name at all. Um, she who shall not be named. It, like it's like straight Voldemort out here. Voldemort. Yeah. She who shall not be named. I, I wonder if she's ever gonna watch something like this. Nah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're not we're not friends on Facebook. Something tells yeah, <laughs> something tells you guys are not best friends. I I, I put that one together. Um, but uh, but I think it's a good lesson, you know. And and then speaking of the future too, you know. And you were talking about um, talking about it with Ariel yesterday. Um, and for people who haven't checked that out, that was an awesome awesome hour long. Um, phenomenal dart skills, I gotta tell you. Thank you. That, Surprise also, myself. I no, I think you're I think you're a straight line. <laughs> Ariel keeps I, like, saying that too. No, I, like, don't believe He's it. like, we are convinced you have definitely played before. You went, I like, threw my first dart yesterday. No, no, no. <laughs> you went like, you hit like a 19 and then like a triple 18 and then some. Like, I know. Another, I nearly uh, hit the bullseye on I that third I feel like third you're one. like straight bluffing right now. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Props to I you. feel like I should actually go and take up darts. No, that's what I'm I saying. I might have a new calling. You might if boxing doesn't work out. Yeah. I don't think I even have a steady if, hand. If you... I don't know what happened. I'm telling I think you. you have a st- I think you have a steady hand. You you box. Like yeah, you have but to- <laughs> when I see like artists and like people doing tattoos and stuff, it, ga- it gives me anxiety because oh, I just think about my hands being like. Yeah, I always wonder how they do that. <laughs> I know. You have tattoos? Yeah, I do. I don't have any. T- they, they like put something over. Like they have to sometimes put something over. Like a stencil, and- you mean? Yeah, like a stencil. Yeah. So they, they like stick on like a, like an ink stencil and they follow the lines just imagine some the of them pressure. just do freehand just imagine the pressure i know i couldn't do it it gives me anxiety just thinking about it no me too even makeup artists and that's oh, not yeah. that's not permanent <laughs> but i think i watch girls doing makeup on me and i'm like the pressure you must be feeling right now is <laughs> honestly i'm feeling yeah, it's not even anxious on yourself it's like you. on somebody else yeah and you feel like a dummy and you're like a makeup artist like that's your job exactly yeah fuck <laughs> oh, we're really going down the no steady here. hand here. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, wait, real quick before we got sidetracked. So, I was listening to you talk about the pers- the prospects of Paris 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm reading right through. You're gonna be in Paris 2024. It's n- a process. Like, it's not just oh, I want to go to the Olympics and I'm just on the team. Yeah, but it's a big process. So, when I say any professional fighter can come back and go to the Olympics, they still have to go through the whole qualifying process, and it's not easy. How many it's, fights is it? It's harder to make the Olympics than to win the Olympics. How many fights is the whole qualifying? So you're going to have, I'm going to say, three to five fights you have to win through national level, and then you have to go through the continental qualifiers. And you're up, like, you're up against the best in the world. And you can draw the best girl first and you're out. It's not like, yeah, it's knockout competition. And that's the same in the national level as well. Like, whoever draws me first, that's it. That's them gone. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, like, in all seriousness, like, you can, you can draw the world champion in the first round and the top three go, right? But if you're not meeting one of them at the end... If you're meeting them in the first round, you're out. You could be the second best in the division. You're not going. Wait, how often do you have... How much time between those those fights, though? So each tournament... So there's uh, the tournaments start in July. That's the national this process. July? Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Shit. Like, there's a lot to what weigh up. I've got things to do. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've got world titles to win. Yeah. So there, there is a lot. Like, I know, I know what you're saying. And in theory... 
of course I want to go to Paris. I want to go to the Olympics. But like I said to Ariel yesterday, you have to be all in. It's not just, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the Olympics and win the gold medal. It's like, you have to live and breathe that. That has to be your whole life. And I can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a world champion. I'm going to be an Olympic gold medalist in with, within a few months of each other. And that's fine. Like, I mean. Dream big, Sky. Yeah. No dream is too big. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's there's, a, there's a lot to take into consideration. And what matters more to you, being undisputed world champion or an Olympic gold medal? If you could only pick one. I know you want both. Why are you doing this to me? I know. <laughs> An Olympic gold medal is, for me, the pinnacle. There's not, like, anything really that beats that, in my opinion. Um, if you win the Olympic gold medal in boxing, you are the best of the best. That's my opinion. Each to their own. Um, professional boxing... There's a lot of politics. People, people can pick and choose their way to the top. It amateur boxing. You have to be ready for anyone and everyone, mm-hmm. and you have to fight the best, and you have to beat the best to get to the top. And yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. It is really hard. I kind of feel like, well, too. This the 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 thing is like. Leaving the politics of it. Well, the politics in boxing are fucking horrific. They're horrific in the pros and the amateurs, to be fair. And, right. But I feel like to to deny yourself. Well, you know, it's like to say, okay, if, if you didn't, if you went the other route of, I just want to go towards world championships, I'll skip the Olympics, which I could, you already just took a breath. Like, it sounds like not the, not the number one route. But like, say you, you, you did skip the Olympics and you went to, to, to just focus on trying to be undisputed world champion. Like there's so many steps before that in politics. It kind of feels like, and and so much power in other people's hands. Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of sucks too. Like, you know what I mean? Also like Paris, I'm French, I'm half French. (laughs) So like gold medal in Paris. Yeah. I don't know if you like, if you like the French. You're living in London too, so they're not huge fans. I've, I actually, I've only been to Paris or to France, but I went to Paris once. Just once? And it was for a weekend. Because I was living in London and I was like, wow, I could just go to Paris for the weekend. Did you like it? For an Australian, that's really exciting. I loved it. I did love it. I want to spend more time there. I really enjoyed it. It's like an hour and a half on the Eurostar. I know. Amazing, right? You gotta get going. <laughs> or like the south of France too. Yeah, I, I really want to like see more of France. Marseille, Nice, all the like bougie bougie Saint-Tropez. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you no, would they're, love they're, it. No, they're bucket, bucket list. That's what I'm saying. Bucket list experiences it's for me. Way warmer. It's way more warmer than this shit. <laughs> Wait, before I forget, I heard you're going to Dubai next week. I am. I'm going to be in Dubai next week. Oh, my God. I know. You, you said, when are you, Monday? Yeah, I leave Monday. You have family there? Yeah, my sister moved there last week, literally. No way, really? Yeah. And Where she, is she in Dubai? I oh. actually don't know. <laughs> Jumeirah. Hmm? Jumeirah. Maybe. That sounds kind of familiar. Okay. Is that where you're going to be? No, I don't know. I have to figure out where I'm staying, but uh, but I'll be there a couple of days. But this, this, that's motivation for us. For the next to get oh, through I the know. next week. I mean, your next week is a little bit more difficult than mine. But yeah, but minus seventeen degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but oh. that is the forecast for Saturday fight day. 
Oh, I don't know. I what was that, checking that. Yeah, that seven degrees in... Fahrenheit. I saw this. Seven. Do you know how cold that is? Have you ever felt? I that? know how cold that is in Celsius, and it is really cold. That's oh, like like like. Super I don't think cold. I've ever been in that that cold. Before. You were in Detroit though, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't. It got to minus three. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but minus seventeen is. Wait, yeah. That... <laughs> So you're just going to go hotel straight bundled up to MSG. I literally said to my team, I was like, I'm not leaving my hotel room on fight day. I will be getting Uber Eats. That, that's when, <laughs> yo, I hear you're an Uber Eats star. <laughs> that, and I, like, 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 uh. I think I should be sponsored by Uber Eats. Oh. Wait. That would be like a dream sponsorship. Should, Can we work on yeah, that? Yeah, Paul, let's get to it. <laughs> um, like, and so for people that don't know what, what we're referring to, um, when you came back from Tokyo, the Olympics. yeah, and Australia was fucking going bugging out with these quarantines for two weeks, like like jail system over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a real good. It's the only time you can <laughs> share your location, right? Yeah, your exact location, literally to your door. Yeah, and you had uh, a lot of fans, I guess, sending you lots of meals to mm-hmm. your quarantine hotel room. Yeah, I had my first ever Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> oh, it goes crazy now. Oh my god. With like, I became an instant fan. <laughs> some good well, you shit. Have, that is some good shit. No, yeah, with like, mac and cheese on the side. No way. Wait, wait. Mm. Okay, wait. So how many? Wait, we do me a favor and just uh, sound off the on the keyboard it's for the emails. Thanks, man. Um, how many meals a day were you getting? Honestly, some days it was like. A little bit ridiculous like i actually ended up wasting a bit of food which i'm not i'm not a food waster if there is food in front of me that's getting eaten that's how i was brought up see i like that you don't strike me as a picky eater too oh oh you're picky i mean Paul's giving me a look come on i don't like seafood oh jesus paul we gotta work on that. which is ridiculous for an australian because we get some nice fresh seafood no See, I like chicken and avocado sushi. I like Western chicken sushi. Chicken and avocado sushi. It's a big thing in Australia. No. Oh my I know. People get so offended when I talk no, about no, it. No, no, People hate, would hate But yeah, sashimi, raw fish. You ever had an oyster? No. I had one. You threw up? Basically. May as well have. But I, I held myself together because I was in a fancy restaurant. But. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, so you're, oh, so you're a picky eater? I'm not. I'm not a picky eater, but no. I don't like seafood. And like a few other little bits. Like what? Like black olives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it so quick. Really? It's like a Greek salad, not it. I can have a Greek salad without Wait, olives. Without the- <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, so, so how many meals were coming to you, like, okay. honestly? So like, 20, 30 a day? So like sometimes I would have a ding and there would be like, like months. a family meal thing from McDonald's or something. And then like while I'm eating it, it'll be like ding. And then there'll be like chili, fi- uh, Philly cheesesteak and mac and cheese in front of me. And I've got like Big Macs, fries, nuggets. And then it'll be like ding. And there'll be like another burger come in. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is just too much. You must have put on a little weight. You I put to- on weight. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have scales in there either. So I didn't know oh. how bad it was till I got out of there. <laughs> But yeah, it was 14 days of a lot of eating. Wait, so you would just hop on Instagram Live. You would plug your address. <laughs> you'd be like, No, so I literally, hungry. I put up the story once of my hotel details. 
and people were So screaming. everyone knew the Australian Olympic team, what hotel they were staying at. Oh. And I wrote room 4301 or whatever it was, send me some love. That's all I wrote. Send me some love. And the wow. food just came and came and came. It was a good time. Wait, every day for 14 days? Yeah. It was on the news and everything. Yeah. So people were really getting into it. It was kind of fun. <laughs> it was fun. So you had like a fun quarantine. Yeah. Well, I made the most of a pretty shitty situation. Wait, you couldn't like vibe out with your other, no. your other athletes? So Caitlin, like one of my best friends, she was my roommate. We were together for literally, I'm going to say four months straight, 24-7. Jeez, she so if she had COVID, I had COVID. Yeah. If I had COVID, she had COVID. And we got there from Tokyo after an emotional roller coaster yeah, yeah. of <laughs> all the experiences that came with the Olympics. And they were like, no, you can't room together. Everyone in individual rooms. Unreal. And we're like, but, but. Yeah, it was hard. We FaceTimed a lot while we Some ate all our meals. <laughs> Wait, did you send her... Did they send her some meals? I mean, people all like... kind of jumped on the bandwagon when they saw how much love I was getting. Um, so, yeah, we all we were all kind of eating. Wait, would people send like a – you can't send like a note on Uber Eats. You can be like, oh, this is from Josh. Their, their names were on it oh. because it was their Uber Eats that they were sending it on. Um, so I got some names. And then other ones that I'd get like DMs being like, did you get this? Did you get that? <laughs> Did you get my gift? Yeah, 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 but I was too full. I had to throw it away. <laughs> I know. That's no, tough. it was um, it was pretty fun. Like we made the most of it, but also like companies were sending like the whole team stuff as well. Oh, that's nice. So like one of the local pizza huts like sent us, um, like sent us all a pizza, and there was like a nice note like in the pizza box, like written on the box, like you did us all so proud. Yeah. <laughs> Love the Domino's. Brisbane team or Pizza Hut Brisbane or whatever it was. So. Is is after like a an emotional roller coaster like Tokyo was? Um, you know who are you who are you happiest to see after all that? Was it family? Was it friends? Was it both? Yeah, both. I think both. What were the conversations? My dog. Like? Oh. My doggy dog. What's your dog's name? So I have a dog in Australia. His name's Dougie. Dougie. He's a cocker spaniel. Oh, that's. Cute. I actually, have him tattooed on me. No you want to see? Yeah, I do want to see. Oh, that. That's my dog there. He's really adorable. cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody can see that, but. No, sorry. <laughs> um, and he? he's five. Five? You miss him? He's five. I do miss him. He's like the one thing that makes me homesick, really. Mm. Like more than anything. Not the parents, not. No. <laughs> yeah. They come to my fights. They're here in New York. Oh, yeah. They just yeah. landed, didn't they? Yeah, they got in last night. Um, but yeah, no, I do. I miss my dog and I actually got a mini wiener dog, as you guys call them yeah, here. Do. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> my oh. little sausage dog, um, in London. Oh. Yeah. So I couldn't take Dougie to London. So you have two. Yeah. So. But Dougie um, doesn't feel like you're cheating on him with, what's the, what's the other one's name? Tito. Oh, that's, you don't have him tattooed? Not yet. He's, he's only like four months old. Okay, okay, he's fair just enough. a yeah. baby. Wait, that's adorable. <laughs> he's really, really cute. Keeping up with the dash end on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, you've got the whole gram. Yeah. For, oh, okay. He's I'll really cute. Sure He's a very follow. cool dog. Yeah. Make sure that you guys follow his <laughs> second dog account. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Doglington is the other account. That's Dougie. Doglington? Sir Doglington. Sir, oh, that's cute. Yeah. He's so, really cute. Sir Doglington yeah. and Tito. Keeping up with the dash end. Keep, 
Jesus. <laughs> no, you know, I respect I'm a it. dog mom. No, no, I can tell. I, I, I got that one. <laughs> um, but, but what are the conversations? Like, I'm curious, like when you get back and, and also you can't see your family right off the bat and then, yeah. and then you're able to see them. Like, so I actually, in hindsight, I kind of liked having that time alone mm-hmm. to debrief with myself everything that happened um, and kind of, yeah, kind of just like process it all in my mind before actually having to go out and socialise with family, friends yeah. and everything again. So, I mean, it was shitty and obviously everyone was so excited to see us coming back and we didn't kind of get the welcoming back home mm-hmm. that we would normally get from an Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was quite sad actually seeing, like, Team USA and that getting back and they had, like, street parades yeah. and yeah. stuff oh, and we mean, literally, like, fucked. locked in a jail. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did kind of – I remember reflecting – a lot in there because you're kind of just alone with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, the days were quite long. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually do think that um, I kind of made the most of that opportunity to just, like, be with myself and, um, yeah, debrief on a huge few months. Like, we were away for months before the Olympics right. um, because Australia was still basically in lockdown. So we got out. And we're training with other national teams. We were actually in the USA um, for about a month, uh, training with Team USA in Colorado. Um, we were in Japan for a few weeks before going to Tokyo, another part of Japan, Maizaki. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a, like a long time away from home, a long time away from family and friends, and um, obviously a lot happened. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, I I took that time to kind of just like digest it all, I guess, really before being back with everyone and going back to normal, real life. And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves. And now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest to goodness food without the junk. US Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. Do you feel an extra pressure, and and we'll go into it in in a second as well, but because of your family name and what that means to people that understand and know Australian boxing, um, you know, and they know, and for people, you know, and and I hate to to bring it up every time, but I think it's important for the audience to know, especially if they watch the aerial, um, the reason I'm bringing that up is because of um, your brothers, um, Gavin and Jamie, and Jamie specifically, um, who was, some regard him as the best Australian boxer, um, who sadly passed away. Um, and I think that for a lot of people, they they see the Nicholson last name and they think, you know, they, they know what that means. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that extra pressure um, to be a Nicholson? I think I definitely did early on in my career. Um, 
because I was kind of known as Jamie's sister. Mm -hmm. uh, but also there was like a long kind of period between his boxing and my boxing. So uh, it wasn't like my older brother was a couple of years older than me and um, like everyone that was on the scene for him was on the scene for me. It was like very new, different, um, I guess, like generations of boxing. So it was kind of separated, but obviously the people that knew the history and the people that were involved in boxing for a long time definitely knew. So there was that that extra added pressure. And obviously like my family stayed involved in boxing. Um, my dad was secretary of like the state uh, where I lived. Um, of the boxing committee for like 20 years. So people obviously knew me as his daughter as well. Um, so there was like that added expectation and pressure, I think. But I think as I started like finding my own success and, and going and doing the things that I did, like I felt that less and less and it became more of just pressure of myself and my own name um, to perform. But for me personally, I feel like I always want to make uh, I guess people proud of my family and my family name and I know that I'm always representing my family and the Nicholson name and my brothers and um, I do carry that with me and always have since I started boxing. I also, you know, when I was watching um, the Ariel interview yesterday, I or I watched it this morning, um, I got goosebumps when you were talking, literally goosebumps when you were talking about the first time that you watched um, yeah. Jamie's boxing and and I'll sum it up for people who haven't watched the aerial not to spoil it but basically <laughs> that um you started boxing at 12 years old and the first time that you had seen uh your brother Jamie boxing was I think around 18 or 19 mm -hmm. um and that you guys basically have the exact same style um which must be fucking weird yeah it's so weird because it's not just like oh a come come forward brawler that has a like a high style yeah too. it's a very specific style and it's not just like a style that can be taught. It's a very like natural instinct mm -hmm. kind of right. style. Yep. Very evasive, very like everything's instinctive. It's not something that you can train. Yeah. Um, it's all just like this natural timing and gauge of distance. And I hadn't seen anyone box like me until I'd seen that. Were you not interested between the ages of 12 and 18 as to maybe what his style looked like or what he what it looked like? I always heard it in passing comments and just kind of went, oh, that's nice. Like right. people say, I obviously wasn't as good as him. That's what I would think in my head. Like, oh, I'm, like people say I box like him, but it's like, that's a nice compliment. But I right. never actually, it didn't register. Were you alone in that room when you were watching? I actually think my brother was there. My my oldest your, brother, your Alan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'm pretty sure we found it together and sat and watched it from memory. Uh, this is like 10 years ago, to be fair. Um, but I just remember being so gobsmacked. Like, really, really weird. Yeah. That's like it was a like I was moment. watching a video from the 80s or 90s or whenever it was of myself boxing and was just like, that's got to be That's like, a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. And it's true too cuz like for people who haven't watched you or your brother it's like and people that might not understand or really care for boxing it's like you have a very like as you're saying an elusive, you know, reflexive like, you know, in and out like don't get hit, you mm -hmm. know, counters and especially the southpaw too it's like to see that it must I don't know, I think I'd be fucking yeah. weirded the fuck out. And I think like 
it kind of it it took me back to like the early days when I first started boxing at 12 13 how emotional mum and dad were to me boxing oh, yeah. and their reaction to it like mum would for, like mum would cry and be like you just like him when you've got the headgear on. And I was like, what is wrong with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like as an adult watching it, I was like, oh. And imagine being imagine being your mom and yeah, dad seeing that. I know. But as a 12, 13-year-old, you don't understand it. You're just like, okay, God, you're so embarrassing. Stop. Why are you crying? I'm fine. I didn't even get hit. Come on. <laughs> I think also, and, you know, just looking at it from the outside, and it must be, um, you know, and – can't even imagine all the things that your parents and your family yeah. have been through. Um, but in a way, it must be there's a beauty to being able to see their little baby girl, you know, like being able to see their son in you and, and carrying that pride of the family. And and I think that like, you know, when I'm hearing your story, I think that that's it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like and it's and it and it and I can't even I almost wish that also your parents were here too to, to be able to ask them what that's like you know because for oh, them you don't must, want them here <laughs> they're crazy yeah they're a lot they're they're a lot hey you know i feel like most parents are though they are and the ones that love i am the very mo- lucky and the ones that that love the most are generally the ones that are dad wouldn't let us talk oh, really? he would take this and just and he'd like, be like yeah he'd be like, <laughs> go for a walk um but it must be it must be an un- it must be a you know a roller coaster of a life for them to yeah. to experience all that. I could never like imagine what they were. I don't think any parent should ever have to lose a child, let alone two. Um, yeah, it's they've been through a lot. Do you do you ever have moments where you feel maybe like? a spiritual like presence of Jamie or Gavin in you when you're boxing or even just maybe day to day? Honestly, like so much. Like what? Mostly with the boxing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I touched on it a little bit with Ariel yesterday, but just like that comfort of being on this journey and going through exactly what he went through. Um, I just, I think it's always kind of been with me Mm -hmm. and I feel like he is always there with me. Like Jamie, especially, um, I see like old photos of him on teams and trips away and stuff. And it was just literally like the same journey that I've been on, but like 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a really weird feeling, but I do like, I pray before every five. And when I have like my little chat with God, um, before I fight, I always say, like, I know Jamie and Gavin are there with me. Um, like, watch over me and protect me during the fight, protect my opponent. Um, but, yeah, I kind of walk out knowing they're with me. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's quite cool. I think it's super cool. Yeah. And I'm sure that, like, and I'm sure there's even other moments that you don't even realize where you mm-hmm. probably feel it as well now. Yeah. Even some day-to-day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it is like it it is like I said yesterday, a bit of a like comfort blanket almost Mm -hmm. like a just like I do take comfort in knowing that I have that extra thing that not many people would have. Well, and also I think for me, the way that I why I appreciate and admire not just your story, but your family story is to show the power of family, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think everybody family looks different for everybody and their tragedies and their things that happen but at the end of the day I think um 
you know, in a lot of ways, I'm sure that your your parents also appreciate um, you and your siblings that, that are able to be here, um, you know, and and that probably in a lot of ways has brought you closer together, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, I think definitely, especially like me and my brother and sister, we're all so spread out in age. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 27, my sister's 36 and my brother's 52. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> how long have your parents been married? 53 years, I think, something like that. Yeah. Coming up 54, I think. Coming up 54 years. Yeah, so mum and dad have been together since mum was 16 and dad was 18. And they're, like, in their 70s. I don't know how they did that, but they did. You think you'd be married for 54 years? Hmm? Do you think you'd be married for 54 years? I mean, they started at 16 and 18 and I'm already yeah, 27, what? so it's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's a lot of catch up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they've been together for a long time. So, um, but yeah, me and my brother and sister, I think we are so close for siblings that are so right. like, we're literally all in different generations. Um, what's, the, what's the secret, do you think, to, and in and, and your observational view of them, what do you think is the secret to to being together for that long? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm an advocate for it. Like, I don't know how, uh, like... yeah. <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, they didn't go through the social media era. Yes, yeah. I and everything that, that really affects relationships. I think it's that too. Um, I think the world's just a different place now. Mm-hmm. I think there was probably a lot of times that they could have not made it. Hey, together I'd, I'd, I'd imagine over especially years. yeah and especially like they've been through some shit <laughs> yeah. um but I think also they are obviously from a very traditional era mm-hmm. where if you get married you're together forever yeah and I, I I love that um but it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not uh quite viewed like that yeah. these days I think um, people change and evolve mm-hmm. and grow apart and that should be accepted as well. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> they've they've stayed together. Hey, they they've have. they've grown and grown I mean, and, and grown and changed it. and grown apart as well, but they stay together. <laughs> I, I respect it. Um I'd be so curious to ask them that question. Yeah. Um but last couple of things. What do you now boxing, you know, it's kind of clear what, what those goals are. Um and I well I mean, you know, do you give yourself a timeline? Like I want to be, well, whether it's whether you do end up going the Olympic route or don't, or undisputed world champion. Do you give yourself a timeline from a boxing perspective? Um, I mean, I don't put too much pressure on it. Mm-hmm. I think like I'm always kind of just going with where my journey's taking me at the time, but I do eventually like want to settle down, have kids, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, God. I haven't thought that far into it. Um, you have two dogs, so. Yeah. They live on opposite sides of the world, Yeah, too. that's crazy. Who that's... takes care of the one in, in uh, back home? Home, home. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's okay. I got a little bit of a secret in it. No. Uh, you do your thing. Do your thing. I respect it. Okay. Somebody takes care of it back home. <laughs> um. <laughs> Next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> My ex-boyfriend's... Um, oh, that's... Wait, this is good. Yeah, so he was like the baby daddy of Dougie. Um, wait, wait, so the ex-boyfriend takes care of it? No, 
his parents. Bastard. Yeah. So <laughs> he started like staying there a bit. Um, Dougie started staying at my ex-boyfriend's parents. Um, like Respect to them though. Quite regularly. And they love him. Like they're like basically his child. <laughs> Wait, I have questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does it work when, when they want to see, when Dougie wants to see his mom? So whenever I'm back, I can see him whenever I want. Like, I can go pick him up and have him the it's whole like a time. custody battle over this dog. No, not really. So it's like, it's very um, civil. Okay. Everyone's friends. It's fine. Um, but like, they still send me photos and videos of him all the time. And like, we have a good relationship. And whenever I come back home, I just go get him and see him. So it's fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then just in general, not boxing related, like what do you hope other than other than maybe a, a family and et cetera, like career wise you mean more? I, I guess more just like what do you hope at forty or fifty years old like life looks like for, for Sky Nicholson at that point? I'm dreading ever being that old. Oh, I know. I'm sorry to break it to you. But one day it will happen. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't, I never have like really thought too far ahead into the mm -hmm. future about things. Like I'm very live in the moment type person, kind of follow where life takes me as it comes in. Like when you have a plan and then it doesn't go to plan, I feel like that's quite stressful. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a plan anymore. Um, but I would like to continue being an advocate for women's boxing mm -hmm. And for boxing in general, um, I want to retire from boxing as one of the greatest female fighters of all time. I think that's, um, yeah, it's it's a big thing about legacy for me. Like I want to I want to leave a legacy that, um, I guess, inspires that next generation and following generations as well. And in a hundred years from now, when people say the name Sky Nicholson, what do you want them to, to think about or say about you? Um. I guess one of the greatest fighters of all time, an advocate for women's boxing, someone who helped grow the sport into what it is today. Um, and I, I, I want to be like the people's champion as well. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't, I do want to be one of the best fighters of all time, but I want to be liked and remembered for who I am like outside of the ring and away from the ring as well. I want to inspire girls to chase their dreams and, and be who they are and uh, all of that stuff too. And a dog mom. A dog mom. Well, I gotta. I just want to thank you so much again for, for making the time. Thank you to, to Paul as well um, You know for, for getting this in on a, on a big fight week. It was a, really a pleasure to, to sit down and, and talk to you and whether it's Olympics, whether it's world championships, you know, I think that uh, I have a lot of admiration and um, respect for everything that you're doing. So, um, you know, I'm rooting for you and I know that the world is as well. And uh, I have no doubts that whatever it is that you decide <laughs> you want to do, you will get there. Um, but in the meantime, good luck on Saturday night. Unfortunately, I'm, I was hoping to maybe be here, but I'm going to the Middle East. Oh, yeah. I'm going to the Middle East on Saturday night. So. Aww. But shitty timing, really. Shitty timing, really. But um, shit, maybe see you in Dubai. Maybe yeah. see you down the road. <laughs> um, but uh, truly a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for taking the time. No, nah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's really good. Thank awesome. you. Thank you, Sky.